And I think this is like super underestimated by the founders that, you know, they rather spend, you know, half a year chasing investors and talking to everybody just to get their kind of a dream investment round. Um, and, you know, they could have spent their time building product or selling it. And, and this, is, this is something that also founders needs to, need to understand and take into account how long it takes, how, how much of a resource drain it's going to be. This is Yaroslav Luptak, investment manager at Newlogy Ventures. Having invested in companies including Group Solver and Solved and sat on multiple boards. People should not just blindly follow some type of advice of, a, of an investor or like somebody who claims to be an advisor or mentor or like super smart um, because every company is really different. So it, it's really uh, more, more of an art than science, I would say. As Yaro stresses, it is important to seek external funding for the right reasons, both when considering the financing and the advice. When starting out, it is hard to know if you need funding, if you do, what to look for in an investor, where to look, and finally, what the investors are looking for. With Yaro, I discussed all of these topics with early stage founders in mind. This is Savvy with Sparring, where we talk to founders, investors, and people in the startup ecosystem about entrepreneurship and getting a business off the ground. I'm Annabelle Pemberton, Legal Mind at Sparring, and I'll be guiding you through how business and law mesh together. Newology Ventures is a venture capital based in Bratislava. A VC fund is a typical player in the startup environment, which, in addition to finances, also brings other benefits, such as a network, including contacts, and experience from other startups. It pays to monitor VC fund portfolios and choose one that has experience with your business. It is necessary to take into account a complex multi-month investment process, including an audit, more extensive investment documentation, and sometimes also regulatory requirements which are associated with the fact that VC funds often have public resources at their disposal. The amount of investment from a VC fund is usually around several hundred thousand euros. While VCs can work with a business to provide them with advice and capital, any business should consider whether it is the right step for them before taking the jump. So what are the first steps startups should take before seeking external funding? I think the kind of the first test is that have we done everything um, we could given you know the resource constraints that we have to move this company forward without external funding? Because you know, oftentimes, like when I talk about kind of bad examples, you see companies or, or teams that you know basically say, like, hey, we have this amazing plan, and uh, if you give us money, we start working on it. It's pretty common that that the entrepreneurs they don't want to risk um, anything. Or very little, like at the at the beginning, and usually these fundraisers, I don't think are they really successful. They might be successful in kind of like non-standard type of markets, um, which are actually pretty common in CE because you have a lot of um, government funds. Also, you know, our fund was also to a large extent sponsor, sponsored by the government, and and then you have a mandate where depending on the funding you gain, there may be other expectations tied to this. The taxpayers basically expect you to. Uh, really boost the ecosystem and and take uh, much more risk. In the CEE region, government funds are more common than in other regions, 
And this means there may be different limits upon how you can actually use these funds. The very first decision um, on the founder side is, is to decide when to raise money and how much you know, are, am I raising. The key, however, is to make sure that your startup is ready to raise money when you start financing. Uh, because that will then determine uh, kind of type of investors uh, to approach the timing and, and so on and so forth. And kind of this is really a question of usually a, kind of an opportunity, opportunistic thinking uh, on the side of founders. I think that in C in particular, what you see is that teams or companies that are not yet in a phase when they're able uh, to raise serious funding, they really spend a lot of effort and time in doing that. So they're kind of uh, in a kind of a desperate mode. And on the other side, you have quite a bit of companies that, um, you know, compared to their local peers, let's say, are doing super good. Like they're, they're relatively sizable, they're growing really fast and they broke even and, you know, they're profitable and they feel that, you know, we don't really need the money and, you know, we can just continue as it is. We can become, you know, be 100% shareholders, owners. Um, there are no investors that we need to report to. It is important to make a decision before seeking funding whether gaining an investment is right for your startup, as the process of investment can be fairly long. It is also important to keep this in mind that an investor is there to invest in you and not to jump for the first offer. But choose the investor carefully. The ideal investor should, in addition to money, also bring know-how, experience and contacts, which is smart money. Conversely, an investor who is just trying to micromanage a startup can actually do more harm than good. Actually, like one of the best examples, I think it's ESET, which is, you know, arguably the most um, successful IT company in Slovakia. And they actually never raised um, external funding. And obviously they grew to a very sizable company. But then when you compare this company to its peers that, you know, uh, you know AVG went IPO and so on and so forth, um, you see that maybe um, there was a kind of a window of opportunity that they missed in terms of um, global scale scaling. Obviously, you know, there's a trade-off because if you don't need the money, maybe you value the freedom more than, you know, the total shareholder value. So it's not that straightforward. It's not just a pure kind of mathematical uh, exercise where you say like, hey, I'm, I need to sacrifice 20% of my shareholding, and I'm, but I'm going to boost my shareholder value anyway. Um, in C, there, it's quite a bit of issue that the companies that should be fundraising and they're you know really in, in good shape to do that, oftentimes choose not to, um, just because it's not really common maybe here to build super fast scaling companies. So overall, you have to balance up both sides and consider whether finance can help you with your global growth. However, when talking to investors, you need to know how much financial support you are looking for. I would say it's also a question of kind of the size of the, of the round size of the opportunity. So how much money should you raise? While how much you raise is typically tied to funding rounds, keep in mind whether you have global ambitions and what you need to be successful. So it needs to be worthwhile and also kind of their presence. It's, it, I think it's really difficult to raise money uh, in the US when you don't have real presence. So one of the few companies in our portfolio, Group Solver, uh, they're based in Košice, but their HQ is in um, in US. Um, and uh, 
you know, hence, you know, that's why, that's why they were also able to attract you as investors. Um, but this was also, you know, um, as part of a, a seed, seed round. And these were, these were angel investors gathered in a kind of a business angel network. Just to stop Yaro there, what is a seed round? A seed round is a type of investment round. And overall, you will find angel, which are pre-seed rounds, seed, series A, series B, C, D, etc., and these types of rounds. Their name, on one hand, reflects the stage of the startup. So it could be the idea, the phase, MVP, paying customers, etc. And on the other hand, the amount of investment and the type of investors who will invest in each stage. For more information about the different types, we have created an article on our Playbook blog dedicated to explaining the differences between them all. So yeah, uh, I think presence is very much required if you wanna if you wanna raise money in the US. Investors will be investing in your business, not just financially, but sometimes also through advice and knowledge. As a result, they could also be part of the board. It is therefore important that the investor fits your startup too and that they do not take such a big role in managing the company in exchange for their financial support. Most of the founders would really agree with me that uh, as investors, we can help only as much. If you're in an industry for for last 50 years and you invested in Google, um, Apple, Facebook, and whatnot, um, and you're investing in startups, you're obviously very much connected with these companies and you're able to you know, much better help them uh, with the exit strategies and, and you know, partnerships and 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 stuff like that, which is super, super valuable. On the other hand, be careful about giving too much of your startup away to an investor too early on. Your investor may push for you to create a supervisory board at an early stage, for example. Don't cave. At a pre-seed stage, it is important to save your board seats for later rounds. This also applies to small investments. When your startup grows and becomes more of a scale-up, then is the time to consider processes and oversight through a supervisory board. So how much money should you ask for? Well, it depends on your industry. Just keep in mind the round that you are raising for. Um, and especially in Slovakia, you know, there's, a, there's kind of a sentiment against companies burning a lot of money um, and, and, and not being profitable. But I think many times um, companies, if they really want to become globally competitive, especially if they're building uh, some type of platform business, um, a business that requires... Um, uh, network effects and economies of scale. I think that those companies oftentimes require much more capital than is like normally perceived as a standard seed Series A funding uh, in CE. And and investors are thinking in terms of boxes. Like if there is a seed round, it cannot be more than one million. If there is a Series A round, it cannot be more than five million. Uh, whereas I believe that you can have a seed round of ten million or twenty million if the company business model and the team, you know deserves that or like requires that to become successful. So how do startups find financing if they know it is right for them? At the very early stages, usually um, the teams go through accelerator programs. You might choose to go through an accelerator to meet investors. Through an accelerator, you can gain investment as well as advice. However, there are several programs already on the market that actually require equity for participation in the program. So you need to consider carefully as this is not a market standard. So what is another way to find investors? Also, it's pretty common to attend various competitions where they can get introduced to uh, investors. In our case, when we started our fund, 
I was actually running a, a startup competition in Slovakia and what I kind of called a virtual accelerator for these super early stage companies. And actually a lot of our deal flow uh, was extracted from uh, from this competition, from the startup awards. Um, it was it was quite interesting because I think that, you know, ideally investors work with these companies um, for quite some time before they pull the trigger and really decide to invest um, because I, I believe it's really difficult to judge um, the super early stage companies because they're mostly about, it's mostly about investing in people, investing in teams. And obviously you, you need to get familiar with these people and, and get to know them, uh, whether there's uh, kind of a cultural fit, uh, whether you get along um, and so on and so forth. Yaro also was the co-founder of Future Now, beginning as a startup awards and then expanding to a conference. Uh, what we did afterwards actually, and uh, it was, I think, super interesting that we created a, what we call the CE Founder Summit um, together with funds like Credo Ventures, Day One Capital, Speed Invest. Um, we, uh, uh, in the last iteration, we, we invited also out of the box ventures, OTB out of Poland. So really, we we try to uh, kind of put together best investors in the region and especially the best founders because I mean this is this was this is really special because if you have a kind of a pre-selected group and founders are kind of a specific group of people that you know they have very specific problems, very exciting but also stressful lifestyles, and uh, you know like probably you know fifty percent of the of those conversations were not really business related. They were more like uh, interpersonal relationships, culture. Be very picky when it comes to these events because there's a lo- lot of them. And honestly, like very little business gets done there. So be super, super picky. On the flip side, it is also important for you to get along with your investor. You don't have to be best buddies with your investor. You need to have a partner that, in your view, is sane and even though, you know, at times it will tell you stuff that you don't like or then don't agree with, you will be certain that he's saying that with a good intention. So I think this is like number one, because sometimes you meet people that you get very close with as, as an investor. Um, and, uh, you know, then when the time comes and you need to uh, forward something unpleasant, some unpleasant news, then, you know, this gets super difficult and, you know, this relationship breaks even in bad times, like I think most of the investors are trying to support the team. From my experience, like what I try to do is that I'm actually much more, let's say, strict on the founders when the company is doing really well, because I believe that you know many times, uh, well, startups are, are just are just victims to premature scaling, and uh, you know oftentimes they believe that this is going to continue forever and they can spend much more and they can have much more lavish office and and whatnot. Um, but I think that, you know, it's a roller coaster ride and, you know, the next month might be very different. So, so it's more like when you're, when they're in trouble, you try to cheer them up and when they're doing really well, you try to like keep their enthusiasm in check, so to speak. But, um, it has to be said that when the times are rough and the, the company is continuously underperforming and not meeting the targets, you know, you need to, you need to step up and, and, and protect, um, you know, shareholders um, not just yourself, um, especially in, like if you're if you're participating as a board member. Yaro therefore recommends founders to talk to other founders who have received funding from these investors in the past. You know these, uh, let's say, events per se. I'm they're quite good in like 
getting to know investors. Um, but it's really difficult in this kind of super pleasant setting to really figure out the, their personality. I would recommend founders to really consult the founders that were funded by these investors before. Um, and I really, I have to underline that they should try to speak to more than one because often like it, it's pretty common that they, some, one founder doesn't get along with the investor, but it might be a super good investor. You know, like it's just a personality clash or something like that, or, or something specific that happened that is, uh, you know, like kind of clouding the judge, judgment of this particular person. So, so have, have more uh, sources of information. Um, talk to these, talk to these entrepreneurs. And to be honest, many times I've done that myself. Like the the founders came came uh, fundraising with me, and I said like, hey, maybe you should you should talk to uh you know like look at our website. There is a portfolio. Um, maybe you should talk to one of these guys or uh, talk to more more than one. But like you should talk to them, and uh, so so that you know like how we work and what we're all about. While making sure you speak the same startup language with your investor, it is also important to realize the game at play. Investors are investing in you. Um, it's what we call the founders market. So um, basically, when there's uh, too too much money chasing deals, then the, the founders that are good can really choose their investor, um, and that's the time where the investors need to market themselves and kind of sell, you know, their personality, their experience, their network. I think these type of like accelerators or, or competition could be a, could be a quite a good way of of kind of building these relationships. If there is no other way, because obviously founders that are more experienced, that are, you know, they're coming from an industry and, and they maybe have quite strong network also with investors, with fellow entrepreneurs, they might not, they, they can simply skip um, this step. Even though there's a founder's market, it's still important to understand and know what investors are looking for in startups. So obviously at the very beginning, it's, it's the team. Uh, if you compare a team of, you know, fresh graduates with a bachelor's degree that had no virtual, like real working experience, and you compare it to a team where, you know, the founders are Ivy League uh, graduates or PhDs um, or people that, you know, done this before, you know, build a company, not necessarily successfully. I mean, fails are maybe I could argue even more valuable than the success stories. But definitely, if you have a team um, that has an exit under their belt in CE, um, this team will stand out. And it's actually possible for these people. And you know, now in US, these type of teams are raising actually huge seed rounds. Um, and uh, you know, the, the gap is really, really wide between these type of kind of teams when you compare them. For those people that don't have the resources, don't have a track record, don't have experience, I'm not saying that they, they shouldn't do it. I'm just saying that uh, it might be wise to maybe seek um, you know, uh, a job position in a fast-growing fast company, in a startup, to learn how it's done uh, because this is really going to be valued by investors. So what can you do to make sure you get into the earshot of an investor? The top funds are now approaching these companies directly. So most obvious way of doing that is is a PR, right? So like uh, companies got mentioned in in articles, and and that brings investors' attention. Uh, nowadays, a lot of a lot of funds are actually increasingly using um, kind of uh, let's say simplified AI 
they're crawling the web for different queues and they try to identify companies with interesting products. Um, especially funds that are focusing on, on specific verticals, they are very well connected in the community and they source um, these ideas from, let's say, opinion leaders in these industries. So I think that, you know, like for, for that, uh, the number one thing is just really build a good product that people talk about, especially the early adopters. These people are super interested because they see the potential. It's already solving a problem. So I think this is this is one of one of the ways. But obviously, you know, this is this is something that doesn't work for startups that are pre-product, right? Like you, you basically don't have much to show um, when you don't do that. So for those for those companies, you need networks. If you're a team that you know has network and has some some track record, you're able to raise money. If if not, you probably need to uh, take the route of an accelerator um, or something similar where you get like small amount of funding to really show that you're able to build and then get introduced to investors. In this episode, we covered when you should consider gaining investment, what to look for in an investor, how to find one and what investors are looking for. The first step is crucial to consider. So make sure to think it through to avoid giving away too much equity at an early stage but also to figure out if funding could skyrocket your startup to global ambitions. Finally, keep in mind that while investors provide advice, knowledge and funding, they should also align with your startup goals and not overmanage how the startup is run. Pressure to create a supervisory board at an early stage, for example, is a warning sign. We provide more information on gaining investments in our playbook which you can find at sparring.playbook.io. This podcast is created by Sparring, the legal and strategic service for tech visionaries.